In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option, courtesy of Immaculata Productions. Uh, I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. If you like what we're doing here, maybe you might hit the subscribe button. Care to support us through PayPal, Patreon. We've been talking about this lately and somebody made the comment that uh, uh, Mary Henning's work is, 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 she does all the production, is of such a quality that people seem to think we're loaded. Listen to me, we're broke. <laughs> we're barely getting by on good but aging equipment and she's, she's working wonders. The whole thing is held together with sellotape and spit. Please, if you have a few extra quid, will you throw us something? Because we're having to replace a whole load of equipment. Uh, don't mistake a great artist for excellent uh, working conditions. No, no, a great artist will sometimes do great work in a hay shed or a garden shed. There we are. Oh, comments and prayers. Mm, prayers. This is the second in our new Cinecats series. Cinecats is a little series we'll do just on, on potted quarter hour film reviews. Okay, It's where I get to mouth off and shove my taste down your, up your nose. It's a pretty good arrangement. I like it. Now, the last day we took a look at the spy who came in from the cold, because I like the spy who came in from the cold. Today, I'm going to indulge myself with another one, another little treat. Hmm? Blade Runner. Ridley Scott. Yeah. I saw it when it came out in the Aula Maxima in the, the, the Great Hall of Maynooth. The Students' Union were showing it. And it was a sight to see. The special effects, the cinematography were, were just superb. And the combination of that with the, 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 the score by Vangelis, who was then uh, so well known, you know, he had, he had done the Chariots of Fire one as well. The wonderful, moody score. But you, I mean, the score was indivisible from the optics, from the production generally. And, and there is that seamlessness uh, you know, in a, in, in a, in a great film. I, I, I would regard it as one of the greatest of the science fiction films. And good science fiction is, is based on, let's say, a good knowledge of existing science plus human nature plus history and an ability then to make an imaginative projection. Hmm? So really good science fiction is rarely simply dependent on special effects. It's more a set of ideas. And what I love about this is that it's so dystopian. It's set in this megapolis, which seems to have, uh, it's, it's, um, it's full of a mixture of races. Uh, a lot of the advertisements that are on the huge electronic billboards that dominate the cityscapes, which are absolutely unearthly, and remember the score all the time, are in what sound like Asian languages. It seems to be constantly raining. There's a huge, it's kind of a, 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 how would you put it, a descendant of the film noir tradition. In one version of it, and there are several versions of Blade Runner, by the way, one version of it ha had, a, had a voiceover. 
a bit like the old, the old, um, uh, let's say the Marlowe stuff or, you know, the, the film noir stuff. It's, it's basically a detective story. Uh, they're even, you know, t- to an extent slouch hats and a certain retro quality in the dress. Uh, to an extent that you find also in another science fiction film, I'll discuss it another time, Gattaca. Uh, which also used a mixture of very disciplined, uh, very, very controlled, uh, forward-thinking, a touch of the fantastic visually in its science fiction, with uh, an interesting retro in terms of of clothing styles. Uh, Interesting imaginative takes on what the future may look like. Set in a future great city, I think Los Angeles, uh, Megapolis. There, a group of mercenaries have mutinied on a distant planet in a mining operation. These mercenaries are all cyborgs. Cyborg, the right word. No, they're robots, actually. But they're produced to a remarkable degree of quality. Having, mimicking human emotions, everything. But the trouble is there's been a rebellion among them and three of them who are absolutely superb assassins, three or four of them have landed on earth looking for the police don't know what. So Rick Deckard, a detective played by Harrison Ford, a young Harrison Ford, is commissioned, pretty much blackmailed into dealing with it for the police. The whole thing is extremely well done very tense. The head of the robots, who were who played by human beings, because these robots are produced to such a superb level by the all-powerful Tyrell Corporation. And this again was very forward-thinking. You know, this again was very, very forward-thinking. That they look just like human beings, talk like human beings. But it famously begins with a screening process in the corporation where they're screening every human, I think it's every human employee they have to find out if, if any of them are the missing robots. And there's just one particular type of question that will cause a reaction in the eyes that would be humanly untypical. It's extremely well done. The question is about Uh, you ask the employee about his mother and that will set off the reaction. I won't spoil it for you. It's very dramatic, the beginning of it. Ford hunts down the robots. A whole load of questions are arisen. What is it to be human? What is it to live? What sort of future have we ahead of us? All these questions are asked without really being asked. And, and I love that. I, I think sometimes, how will I put this? Tolkien has done more for the cause of true religion with that book, The Lord of the Rings, than, than, than any amount of highly skilled catechesis. He has brought more people to God and God is not mentioned once in the whole book. I love it where the great questions, we can go right to the the broadest possible meeting place here, common ground, common ground, planet Earth, back onto Earth. 
where the great philosophical questions are risen without rising in them at all. But a superb piece of artwork actually gets you thinking about them. And it, it, I, I won't spoil it for you, but one of the absolutely iconic scenes at the end, which apparently were, were just thought up, it, it was thought up by the actor, Rutger Haar, who was then in his glory or coming into it, plays Roy Batty, the fearsome head robot, uh, a highly skilled assassin. And of course, it turns out that what they're looking for is Mr. Tyrell. They're trying to get access to him because he made them and they are trying to link with their creator because they have a built-in expiry date and they think that he may be able to change it. Do you see the questions that are rising here? There are huge questions rising here. It ends with an absolutely superb scene and words that were apparently made up by her. But they thought they were so good they left them in. Much like Orson Welles made up, famously did the same thing in The Third Man. Another film, great film I'll talk to you about some other time. And and he he's there, he, he's he's mortally wounded. He, oh no, sorry, he's he's dying. But not from wounds. He's dying because his expiry date is up. And he hasn't managed to defeat Ford. He has murdered his creator when his creator couldn't help him. And he now has to accept that he's dying. And as a last gesture, he actually spares Ford's life. And he just sits on the top of this, this apartment block in this incredibly seedy, rundown part of the city. And there's rain. It's constantly raining anyway. And the rain is falling on him. And he, he just looks at Ford, puzzled. And he says, I've seen things you wouldn't believe. And he, he, he goes, it's, oh, it's a famous scene. I won't spoil it for you. Attack ships on fire off the, what is it, the coast of Orion or something like that, on the, ring, the edge of Orion. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just, a, it's, a, it's so elegiac, it's so poignant. And the music and the rain and there's a dove. Oh, stop. It's beautifully done. It's like haiku. It's like, you know, that Japanese poetry, just a few strokes. And it's just perfect. And it is so sad. It is so sad. And, and he says, all, all over are all forgotten, like, like tears in rain. Time to die. And his head just falls. I've seen so many people die and it's so undramatic generally like that. Fort has fallen in love with another, with a woman whom he, he thinks or knows is a robot. And as he's running away with her, you know, he says, I don't know how long she has. But then again, who does? I offered that to you. Look, I'm not asking you to think about religion. I'm not asking you to think about God. I'm not asking you to think. I'm, uh, will you just go and watch this film and see what happens? How about that? Watch this film and just see what happens. Happy watching, Cats. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.